0: If you could send a letter to your past self before the pandemic to prepare yourself for 2020, what would you say? We ask Californians the same question for this ongoing series presented by JFF. We're here to elevate the voices of people across the state who have been affected by the pandemic and the resulting economic crisis. Through their stories, we'll examine what it takes to recover stronger and more equitably. I'm Renee Faulkner, and this is Communities in Recovery. The California Community College system is the largest public higher education system in the country, serving 2.1 million students across the state. Its mission is to provide students with the knowledge and background necessary to compete in today's economy. In March 2020, nearly all 116 campuses closed their doors and shifted to distance learning. In this episode, we'll hear from two community college students about how the pandemic has impacted their educational and career trajectories and what it will take to get back on track.
1: I think that it's it's important for the system to really recognize what everyone's gone through over the last year and, and really understand that transitioning back in person isn't gonna be going back to what we were.
2: I know I can't ask for a lot, but I know, The professors should probably kind of understand that we're it's we don't revolve around school. For example, my physical science professor, like right now during the semester, he's telling us to study like two hours a day as if me out of all people can do that.
0: Our first guest today is Josh Elizondo, a student at Santa Monica College. Josh is an active member of student government and part of the entertainment industry in the Los Angeles area. Here's what he's shared to himself pre-pandemic as he reflects on the past year.
1: Dear Josh, I wanted to take the time and write this letter to you about the last year of our life. I'm sure you have a lot of hopes for the year as I was in your shoes, but unfortunately things won't go as you planned. I share this not to worry you, but to share with you the last year of our life and to let you know, as always, everything will be okay. Right now it is February 2021, but I want to look back at one year ago from today. At this time, you have, or will be, starting your last remaining units before obtaining your first associate's degree, deciding to run an ad hoc campaign for SMC student trustee, filming promotional materials for In the Heights, which, by the way, has not even been released yet, even though it was over a year ago, (laughs) having the world premiere of your very first short film, Hereafter, Yesterlife, in partnership with PBS SoCal, and preparing for the GPAC committee at SMC Student Voice, which you've been arranging for months, you're working, traveling, having lunches, meetings, and more, you get the gist. Unfortunately, that will all change in the first few weeks of March. Since I know you, well, (laughs) I am you, I know that you are following the news in China about the coronavirus very closely. As you predicted, it has made its way to the US and what's going to be the rest of the year starts to unfold. You may be happy to learn you do barely squeak by on celebrating your birthday at Disneyland the week before what many call the shutdown. Even though you knew something was coming, there was no way for you to know how quickly it would. Little did you know that attending class on a Thursday would be the last time you see friends, teachers, the school in person to this day. What scared you the most or brought the biggest uncertainty was the quickness that everything took place. Life went from complete freedom, no restrictions, to not being allowed to leave the house or go to stores or see anyone other than in your own home. You're used to traveling, engagement, socialization with everything you do and it's been a challenge to mimic this over the computer. You go from never using your computer to all day staying in front of a screen. The entire world is at a standstill and life couldn't be any more different, let alone for the foreseeable future. No entertainment work is happening and it's difficult to maintain friendships. You have food insecurity and more, but you'll find a way through it. Probably the weirdest experience is you'll have graduated online from a TV screen at home, but I'm happy to tell you it's gonna happen again this year and at least you have some experience. Now, it's almost like a routine. It is my hope that life will regain some sense of normalcy, but not necessarily go back to the way things were. Try to make the best of both worlds and find a happy medium. The pandemic has changed you, made you a little more appreciative of the way things were, and a little more conscious and balanced in your life. Despite the challenges, this time was the universe giving a natural pause in your worry that school would conflict with your career. Choose to look at the bright side. Don't take that for granted, and I'm sure we'll make it through, as I have, your future self.
0: It's good to see you, Josh. I was thinking about how the last time I saw you was... In real life, and almost exactly a year ago, at the Guided Pathways Advisory Committee meeting at your college, um, I definitely have a lot of questions about some of the things you wrote. Maybe before I jump into those, just what was, you know, what was it like to write this letter? What was it like to sit and do some of this reflection? Did anything come up for you?
1: Yeah, I think it was interesting, really, sitting down and writing this. I know. It's been kind of a whirlwind the last year and and there's been so many things happening and and it's easy to not focus on some of the positives and and I really wanted to take that route with my letter and and really reassure my former self and past self that things were going to be all right Um, and in doing so I really realized how much I accomplished even though I was at home Mm -hmm. Um, and and it really helped actually lift a little bit of weight off my shoulders because it it can get a little heavy um, in the situation we're in right so, yeah, what were some of
0: the biggest shifts um, in terms of your schoolwork, your classes? What were the biggest changes there?
1: Yeah, so I, I'm i a political science um, student. And so a lot of my courses have either been in person or online previous to the pandemic. But as I mentioned, I'm also in entertainment. And so I'm kind of studying both things in college. I'm, I'm only looking to get a degree in in the policy realm. But I also want to continue my professional development and dancing and film. And so I was taking actually three dance classes and a guitar class um, when the pandemic um, closed the courses. And so it was a major shift. I mean, the, the, the linear classes, like the political science, it, it wasn't too hard to transition online, but when it came to dance, it, there is something different about dancing in front of a screen and, and, I don't know if you can tell by my video, but I live in, in uh, a trailer, so uh, there's not much space for me to do dancing. Um, and so it, it was very challenging during that semester to try to dance and, and do guitar and and really have the space to do those activities. Um, I ended up actually dropping the courses and, and taking advantage of the extended withdrawal that was given to students, but um, it was it was an experience and I stayed on as long as I could.
0: You mentioned that there was the the extended re- withdrawal that um, I think most colleges offered, if not all colleges that would give folks, you know, some time to deal with this transition. Um, were there other programs or systems that either Santa Monica College offered or that um, California community colleges offered that were particularly helpful for you?
1: Yes, I've been very fortunate, I think, with um, Santa Monica College and the resources that they have. And then um, beyond that, also the CARES funding, I've received a couple different CARES checks that have helped alleviate some of the the stress of no income from entertainment work. But more in particular, at Santa Monica, they have a lot of good food resource programs. So there's Every Table um, meals, which is you have fresh meals delivered to you every week. Um, There's also Hunger Not Impossible, which is you partner with local restaurants to pick up um, fresh cooked meals um, to students. And then there's been the, the food pantries. They did one, a special one for Thanksgiving where they gave turkeys away, um, which I was able to help some of my former foster youth friends as well get turkeys from the school, um, through donation. And there's a Chromebook lending program. I have my own computer, but it's sometimes it's a little shaky. So I, um, I have the Chromebook as a backup that the school offers us. And, and there's just been so many, supporting resources from Santa Monica College that I've been able to take advantage of that I'm I'm really grateful for where I am at the moment and and where what in the being in the community college system yeah that's really good to hear
0: Um, You know, I hear a lot about like on the news and things, I hear a lot about the experience for um, K-12 students and what it's like for elementary or middle or high school students, you know, having to shift to to distance learning. I hear a lot about what it's like for four-year college students, especially residential students and what it's like, you know, being on the dorms or not being able to go back to class. We don't hear a lot about what it's like for community college students, like what's unique, about this situation for the community college student population in your mind?
1: I think there's a couple things that are unique to the community college um, population. And and one of them is that a good majority of them are working outside of school. Um, And so they rely on that income and work to support their life and, and support their education as well. And without Being able to work during the pandemic and having that safety net pulled out from underneath you, such as like my entertainment income, it has added to the stress of my classes um, because I'm also worrying at the same time about how am I going to pay for where I'm living um, versus still stay in my classes and and, and do school. And I know that's the same for a lot of community college students um, compared to our four-year um, counterparts because they live on campus. And I, I do think that's a distinct, unique situation for a lot of our community college students. Um, another thing that I think is unique is that is that dynamic where a lot of that socialization that we're having comes from the classes. And so not being in person for the classes or not being able to engage on campus in that um, campus life. It is that same experience for our four year, but I think it it hits a different place because um, of that work-school life dynamic and, and my way to escape from work and outside life is to go to school and be around my peers and stuff and, and not being able to do those and, and go to the quad or go to the different events on campus and just be around like-minded people. It's been challenging. Yeah.
0: In addition to GPAC, you're also a student trustee at Santa Monica College. You're a student trustee for the system at the system level for California community colleges. Um, you have kind of a unique view of how the system works, perhaps more, you know, a little bit more of an insider view than your average student. Um, what should leadership, your college leadership or even the the chancellor's office, you know, what do you want them to know about um, what this experience has been like for you and how they should be thinking about reopening campuses?
1: I think that it's, it's important for the system to really recognize what everyone's gone through over the last year and, and really understand that transitioning back in person isn't going to, similar to what I said in my letter, not going to be going back to what we were. Yeah. Um, and and also, I don't think that that should be the approach. And so um, when the system or schools are looking at how they're going to return to campus, I would really encourage... Using what we've learned over the last year um, and transitioning to a more online friendly environment that allows students who feel comfortable to go to school, to go to school, that allows students that don't feel comfortable to be in person, to stay not in person, and just in general in the long term results too expand the offerings to online because, I mean, as I said in my letter, I actually do much better online than I do in person with curriculum-based courses, dance and that Obviously, I need to be in person. I don't do well online. But um, as far as my curriculum, I had actually this past semester, I took the most students I've ever been in. I was in political philosophy, international politics, Spanish One, global economics. I was in very heavy courses that I had been putting off for years, and I succeeded on pulling off almost all A's and one B. Um wow. So I actually do much better online. And I think that's the case for a lot of students. um, And it's also not the case for a lot of other students. So moving forward, I just I think we we need to think about how we build a hybrid system, not just um, go back to the way things were.
0: Yeah. And what role should students play in, um, you know, making these decisions about how to reopen campus or what a hybrid system might look like?
1: I always love this question because my answer never changes. Students need to be at the table, actively making decisions with equal representation as those that are at the table um, in in positions of power. Um, I, I think if we wanna create a community college system that works, you need to include the constituents and part of what we call ourselves, the community college system, means we have to be a community in making decisions, not making decisions for the students and hoping they like them. Um, so it really is important that we include the student voice at the table. I think having students at the table is different than having focus groups is different than doing surveys is different than doing um just engaging them on a level on which you're you're gathering information i am part of student government i'm highly involved i've been involved and i would say that i'm not the only person you should be talking to you need to be talking to students that are just regular students that take one or two classes, part-time, full-time academic probation, and and really engage the student government, but also actively engage students that have no touch to student government. It's really gonna take engaging a well-rounded voice and a well-rounded student opinion to make sure we're building the best system we can, not just engaging those that are succeeding highly. Yeah.
0: Who do you hope is listening to this podcast or who would you hope would read your letter and what would you want them to to
1: take away? I think there's really two groups of people I, I hope are listening or would read my letter. I want students who are going through challenging times or just starting their journey in college to really see it and know that they can make it through despite whatever's going on in their life. Um, I am a very busy person and I'm sure other students are too. And um, this change was a lot to take in, but it was also manageable. Um, So whatever you're going through, you can do it. Uh, and I think the second group I would really want to hear this is the administrative level of the chancellor's office and, and the people who can really initiate change. I spoke a lot about like what I hope to see in the vision of the future of the system and, and what I believe is important of having the student voice at the table. And the people with the power to make that happen are the people in charge. Um, so the people in charge need to be hearing this.
0: So Josh, a lot has happened in just one year and so much more could happen in the next year. As we wrap up this conversation, I'd like you to think ahead to 2022 and about what might be in store for you and send a message to someone in the future who needs to hear from you today.
1: Dear future me, Josh, whatever you want to call yourself, um, I am hoping that you have transferred to Occidental College and are still enrolled at SMC doing dance and film, that you've been able to successfully manage pulling off a financial support system that allows you to go to a private university, um, and that you are actively working in entertainment because I'm afraid that this time off has put me on the back burner of some casting directors uh raiders so i would i would love if you could let me know um and also uh, i think just as a whole um that your efforts in the system have paid off and and you're you're watching a new system really grow um in the next year so Oh, and I hope you're also the student member of the Board of Governors, because you just applied a few weeks ago. Um, So I'm I'm hopeful. Um, And that would also mean you're still at Santa Monica College. So go you. Uh, And I really hope that the California Community College system chooses to take head on the responsibility of managing a hybrid system and doesn't just try to go back to the way things were. um, I think that would be a mistake. And I'm looking forward to seeing how the system chooses to address this challenge. Josh,
0: thank you so much for taking the time to share your story with us. We really appreciate it and we wish you the best of luck. Next, we're joined by Jamie Vasquez, a student at Bakersfield College. Let's listen to her message to her past self as of last spring, as she juggled multiple jobs, a busy class schedule, and life with a toddler. Dear Jamie, it's February,
2: 2020. Firstly, as much as you dread going to work, appreciate it. About five weeks from now, you're going to be stuck at home for months. Second, take advantage of the time you have being able to go out with friends, grocery shopping, and just doing recreational activities because none of this is going to be the same again. That coronavirus from China is making its way to the States at such a fast rate that California is going to go on lockdown a day before your birthday. So kiss your ambitious dream of traveling to New York for the weekend or even resorting to the bare minimum of going to the local bars and clubs downtown to celebrate 24 years, because that is not going to happen. Oh, and this pandemic is going to last for more than a year, so stop saying you'll make it up in a few months. School will transition fully into online courses and the professors really don't know how to function Canvas. You do have the advantage of previously taking online courses though, so it won't be too hard. However, next year you're taking three science classes that don't offer in-class labs, so that may not be so easy. The unemployment isn't so bad. You're fortunate enough to qualify for benefits in the stimulus checks that seem to make you feel financially stable for a brief while. Those three months at home with your daughter will be a tough transition at first, but I know Elena is going to have so much fun spending more time with you. Trying to cook meals at home won't be easy, and you'll come to the realization that you truly are not a chef, nor will you ever become one. But as long as your girl's full and spends quality time with you, it's totally fine. When you look back, you're going to see that the world we were living in was actually really filthy and unsanitary. And the crazy thing is that we all accepted it. Jobs were literally let make you still work if you had a cold or even the flu, even though they knew both were contagious. Although there are safety measures instilled in society now because of the virus, I really hope we implement them in everyday life after this whole thing passes over. I want more social distancing. Keep that hand sanitizer available everywhere. Don't force me to work even if my sickness is minor and provide me sick days. As lame as your birthday was and how disappointing it was not being able to go to Disneyland or use your membership for Six Flags that they never stopped charging you monthly for, you're going to be okay. Besides, TikTok is going to teach you so many things so you'll be preoccupied for a while. Sincerely, Jamie from 2021. Well,
0: thank you for writing this letter, thank you for sharing it with us. Um, I think I wanna start with some of the things you mentioned here about transitioning to online courses. Of course, that's been, um, you know, the big issue with schools and colleges all over the country, this like shift to distance learning. So um, what do you remember about when you first heard that like school was closed, you're not going back to school and kind of what were some of your first thoughts?
2: Um, So I do remember being in class and the professor would like, I had maybe three classes at a time. And I remember two of them would always tell me, we don't know what's going on exactly. We don't know when this is going to happen or how this is going to happen. But, you know, they heard rumors that schools are going to close. And I didn't think much of it really at the time. I was like, okay, well... I mean, at that point in school, I was like, please just like cancel it all. So I was like, kind of ready just to stay home. And then it finally happened where everything just turned into online. And it wasn't overwhelming as I thought it was going to be. But it was more of a I feel like I could do all of my classwork at one time and just be okay. But it was not like that. It was basically in class stuff but like just online. So everything was due at a certain day in the week. And it's, it's hard when you're so comfortable at home and you think that, you know, you could just do whatever whenever, but it's not like that at all.
0: Yeah. And so how did some of those challenges affect you in kind of your day to day with getting your work done and getting, you know, getting your classes going?
2: Well, as mentioned in the letter, I do have a daughter and at the time she was two um, and, you know, the terrible twos. So not being able to go to class and focus primarily on schoolwork, I am at home with her no sitter or anything. And just learning and doing the classwork while sh- I'm taking care of her, making sure she's okay. And, you know, she's preoccupied is just, it was so hard to do because I was used to not seeing her a lot. I know that sounds bad, but I worked and had school. So I, at the time I had two jobs too. So two jobs and school I barely saw her, too. It was just, it was very hard to do and, and take care of all that stuff.
0: So, what are, you know, how would you describe what this experience has been like for you? You know, having a toddler, trying to go to school, trying to work, and then it sounds like losing your jobs, too.
2: Yeah. So, at first, just it didn't seem possible. I, I, at that time, I really thought, like, wow, people actually do this. People are stay-at-home parents, and that's hard. But going to school and, I mean, of course, losing my jobs, too. I mean, at least I was home and still kind of doing schoolwork. But still, it's just having a kid is already a full-time job as it is. So put on schoolwork, put on even two, one job even, that's just crazy amount of stress. I'm, I'm telling you, the first week of school this semester was so stressful.
0: <laughs> Sounds like it. I have a, an almost two-year-old and working with a toddler is crazy and very, very challenging. I can't imagine what it's like to put, you know, college on top of that. So you're pretty much my superhero. is what I'm trying to say. Um, So maybe give us an idea. Like, what's a typical day like for you on a day where you have school, you have your daughter, um, maybe you're also working. Like, what's it like?
2: Well, I would say it's it's I've I'm very limited on doing a lot of things like um let's say on Tuesdays and Thursdays I have lecture and then on Tuesdays I have lab so before I on Tuesdays I would take my daughter to my mom's that's like the past two weeks the two other weeks before I would have her and I'm telling you the first week I had my lab and lecture I had her and she would just stay like right next to me the entire time when we had a Zoom lecture, my camera had to be on. So she was just like right here, right next to me and just eating and complaining. And she would get bored of playing on her on her tablet. And I would tell her to go play in her room with her toys and she wouldn't want to. So just trying to keep her busy is so hard. And even when I have her right next to me, it's so hard. Like either way, it's just it's almost not doable. But I mean, I'm, I'm managing. <laughs> I know I can't ask for a lot. But I know the professors should probably kind of understand that we're it's we don't revolve around school. And I, I'm sure, th- of course, they know that. But for example, my physical science professor, like right now during the semester, he's telling us to study like two hours a day as if me out of all people can do that these teachers i mean i know they know that we have lives to live but sometimes the amount of school work that they give us mm-hmm. is a little much yeah
0: <laughs> so it's kind of like it, it could be helpful if they were a little bit more understanding of yes
2: understanding lenient especially if we have um like assignments that we're not turning in on time. I mean, at least a little bit lenient. I get it. Like there are deadlines and I can't, you know, of course I get it. But at the same time, I don't know, mom brain, I guess. Like I forget.
0: (laughs) So when you think about eventually getting back into in-person classes or even eventually maybe somewhere down the line transferring, um, is there anything that colleges could do better um, to support students like you who are working and parenting? As you think about going, you know, as they think about bringing students back on campus, anything that you've learned in this weird period that you are thinking, oh, if I go back to school, you know, here is what I wish would be in place that would make it easier.
2: Um please keep online classes an option for some people who are kind of scared to go back. Um, Because, yeah, there are online classes before, but not a lot. A lot of everything was just in person. But now, which you know, some people are freaked out about this whole thing and people don't feel comfortable going back to school. So definitely, I would say keep the subjects 5050 some on like half of it online half of it in person so people who are more visual learners and hands on they could go in class and then those who don't want to stay in the comfort of their home and learn from there and don't have a problem with it they could just you know be there and so make us feel comfortable too basically yeah
0: Oh, so this is really great. Um, You've shared a lot with
2: us here.
0: I wonder, um, kind of as you just think back on this conversation, you know, who do you hope might listen to this podcast and might listen to the stories that you've shared here? And what do you want them to know?
2: Um, I do hope that people who are struggling um, with online learning and everything I just, I want them to know that it's doable. Yeah, it's very, very hard. Trust me. I have a toddler. I work a job. And I'm still doing three science courses, which I'm not good at. And I'm still making it happen. <laughs> so it's it's possible. It's doable. So I hope they know that you're, they're not alone. Everyone here is just working their best. So yes, yes. <laughs>
0: So, Jamie, as as you've already described, so much has happened in this last year, and so much more could happen in the next year. So, just as we're finishing up this conversation, I want you to think ahead a little bit to 2022 um, and send a message to someone in the future who needs to hear from you today.
2: I'd probably say, dear Jamie, in February 2022. It's been two years since the pandemic happened. And so far, I think everything's going great. Everything isn't quite back to normal, but, you know, it's close to it. It's better than it was two years ago. Um, Elena's doing fine. She will not remember anything. She'll just hopefully remember spending time with me most of the time. Um, School's not that bad in-class has been fine. Online learning isn't as hard as it used to be in the beginning. And you finally graduated from Bakersfield College and now you're on to your second semester at CSUB. Another thing too is I do hope that there's in-class and online and work-wise, I still hope that there's hand sanitizer everywhere and... <laughs> um, you know things are still going to be open just very cautious about our health and safety and everything and you know what you're doing awesome you're killing it at school you're you've been going to the gym and you look great so the next 4 years in your 20s i hope you make the best of it <laughs> um sincerely Jamie from 2021 <laughs>
0: Jamie, we so appreciate you participating in our podcast. Thank you so much for sharing your story. (music) Eloy Oakley, the chancellor of the California Community College System, often describes community colleges as the state's engine for economic advancement, an ambitious goal made all the more difficult by the COVID-19 pandemic. For the system to realize its potential, it will have to keep students at the center, taking into account their diversity of needs and authentically engaging them in decision-making about how to reopen safely, equitably, and stronger than before. I wanna thank our guests, Josh and Jamie, for joining me today and sharing their perspectives and experiences. In a future episode, we'll hear more about how innovative learning models like early college are keeping students on track during the pandemic. This has been Communities in Recovery presented by JFF. We are on a mission to create an equitable and resilient economy that everyone can contribute to and benefit from. And while we can't change the past, we can look toward the future with hope. Tune in next month and join our conversation at jff.org. Thanks for listening.